Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome, this is Ken Rashawn on Voice America Influencer Channel. And wow, it is a beautiful, lovely, snowy, freezy rain in the Washington, D.C. area. How are you, Andrea? I'm hunky-dory. How are you? Well, it is a cold, freezy, rainy, well, icy. Oh. I, I, I'm, I'm in your area, and I feel perfectly warm and comfortable, so there you go. <laughs> so I'm all huddled up inside where I don't, I don't have any windows. I have fake windows here, so it looks beautiful. Yeah, that, that'll do it. I mean, I keep <laughs> looking at these things. Time. It doesn't change the snow or the ice <laughs> or the rain. Well, we have some really cool things that happened this last weekend for the Keep Smiling movement. We had a model shoot in combination with Alchemy by Brie, and that was super fun. And, and uh, we also, yeah, that was uh, two of them. So we had some really great new shots for the Keep Smiling movement. And we uh, want to um, thank our sponsors for this programming for Amplified with Ken Rashawn, your host, and I'm your executive director, Andrea Adams-Miller. And that would be bees.social. Bees.social is a cryptocurrency education platform for the people by the people. We also want to thank the EMF Fix, the EMF Fix which is uh, this necklace here uh, that is keeping the, oh, you can't see it, the EMFs away from us. And uh, my makeup lady, Lynn, we want to thank Voice America Influencers Channel and the, her, excuse me, the Red Carpet Connection, the Umbrella Syndicate and Perfect Publishing and Big Events USA. And of course, um, our special sponsor today is the Repositioner, which would be Chala Dinkoy, who is also our guest. <laughs> Well, do say. That's pretty cool. And uh, <laughs> anything else you want to say about this weekend? <laughs> I, I don't know. Is there something else I should say? Well, I mean, you had two amazing clients come into the photo shoot, and they're doing books. Uh, well, cool. I'd be happy to share that. Yes, uh, Diana Basango, uh, she has a really great book and story that's going to be coming out. And uh, Diana, her book is about her uh, life growing up in Rwanda and witnessing uh, during the genocide, her father being killed by a family member and the trials and tribulations she went over and overcame and still create smiles in the world. And then we have Taylor Williams. Taylor Williams has been a beautiful uh, beauty pageant queen and wonderful things in the Maryland area. And she has a children's cookbook that's going to be coming out and they'll be doing a soft launch here at the uh, here in uh, Hanover, Maryland, near BWI Airport, the first weekend in March. So super fun things will be happening for them. And they just both recently became authors in the Dose of Hope book because they're bringing hope to the world. And big special thanks to Bree Owens with Alchemy Designs by Bree for helping create that opening funnel and uh, I guess connection so we can all be more powerful. Absolutely. So I believe time. we have a guest, and um, I think she is just finishing her Zumba workout, so let's bring her on. <laughs> well, let me go ahead and invite her onto the screen here again, 
And uh, I don't know why this is being weird. All right. And this, her name is Charla Dinkoy. Uh, uh, Charla is a beautiful, amazing woman. I've gotten to know her quite well over the last couple of weeks. And uh, now I'm having technical difficulties. There we go. We fixed it. Uh, Charla Dinkoy, she's the CEO and founder of the Repositioning Expert. It's a division of Co Coach Tactics. She's a marketing strategist. And what she does is she helps professional service companies change their messaging to really get that hook to attract more decision makers and get through the gatekeepers to the people who can make that decision of yes. And she has formerly been an award-winning marketer at companies as Pepsi, Pizza Hut, Frito-Lay, Diego, Playtex, and Bic Incorporated for over 20 plus years. So now in this area that she's doing, she's really doing marketing consulting and strategy as and she's also the author of gentle marketing a gentle way to attract loads of clients and how to win friends the way apple wins customers she's regularly featured on major television shows abc nbc cbs and fox and as well as popular speaker she is at uh, several international conferences and so she really does this great way uh, i've had the pleasure of interviewing her before she really creates that rocket fuel to success for people by giving them, them that vocabulary Larry and those words to really get in the door and make things happen. So welcome to the show, Chala. Thank you, Andrea. You did a really great job synthesizing Actually, exactly she, what I do. She did leave something out. <laughs> oh. Yes, I did. That's right here. She has a son that has a 30-year-old maturity, yet he's only 11 years yeah. old. <laughs> yes. Wow. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He'll tell you he drives a car. He'll tell you he speaks fluent <clears throat> French. None of this is true. <laughs> God bless him. Hey, uh, speaking of exaggerating, um, yeah. wow, Aaron could not believe when we read your bio that he had done exactly the same thing in his life as an executive and subway deliverer. So um, on the bigger things, though, thank you for making a, a shift and actually repositioning the way you approach um, doing a podcast because I understand every podcast you've ever done before today, you were doing Zumba at the same time while you talked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know that my podcast, my new podcast is called Naked Marketing. That's all really? I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> and you've been invited. You've both been invited. Do you yeah, dress for I've the got occasion? you all hooked up there, Ken. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. do dress for the occasion? We do dress for the occasion. Now, again, remember uh, the naked food movement. It was about Jamie <laughs> Oliver. It wasn't about him being naked. It was about... <laughs> The food was naked. So in this case, this is you're naked and vulnerable about your marketing mistakes. And that is beautiful. Uh, the reason I do ask is there is really something called the Naked Podcast, and she really is naked. She is she, naked. No. Yeah. Yes. Is it porn? Nope, not no, porn no. at all. She just has no, – she Ken makes wouldn't have been on it if it was. <laughs> yeah, she, oh, you, she you makes – you were on it. Yes. You were on the I felt overdressed. Porn. I'll just say that. Okay. So yes. she's, uh, she's like, what, in a towel? No, she, you only see her to hear. I yeah. love it. Yeah. So, you know, so like she'll hold a book and whatever. So you only a book? see her, you know, <laughs> or her laptop or whatever, yeah, yeah. you know, so yeah. Yeah. So all her pictures yeah. look very clean and tasteful. You just see naked shoulder. <clears throat> Except for the ad for her uh, campaign, the naked podcast, you see her completely naked from the side, but she has her arms in a way uh, with the microphone or something that doesn't, leave you much to imagine but she is indeed make naked on the chair that's for sure 
Wow. So it's about leadership. My, it's the naked, uh, something like the naked truth about later, leadership. Wow. That is one way to differentiate, you know, that I'm a marketer. That's all we think about. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that I differentiated my first podcast was that it was five minutes and Andrea and I actually did it. It's called the polish my pitch. And she did her elevator pitch for 30 mm-hmm. seconds. And I polished it in five minutes on the show on one of the shows that we did, but that's the actual one of the podcasts that I have. But wow, the naked part, mine was all about the vulnerability. The pure and the truth. And the, yes. Talk about real <laughs> naked vulnerable. That's vulnerable, right? Not everybody well, I'm like, glad you cleared that up because Ken was going to come undressed. So, you know, we. Wow, that would have been vulnerable. To, you know, and you're still about, welcome you know, to. You're absolutely yeah. welcome. Well, men to. having, I mean, men having their, this part up. Yeah, you know, what can you see, really? Yeah. And you, you could be naked right now. We don't know. <laughs> I am naked under the shirt, honestly. Well, okay, well, we have no idea, really. <laughs> Nor do we want to know. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you. I mean, my, bio, my biography son at seven years old really is in the house right now, so I want him to see a real Oh, he is seven. Okay, so he's a little guy. He still he, believes in, in all the things. He does. However, he is quite mature with his vocabulary, so he, he carries on a, an adult conversation rather effectively. Yeah. Is he like a lawyer? I have a little lawyer. He's like house. an engineer. Engineer would be the, oh, the best Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, he, he, he lets you know how things work. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. They get along so well with my little guy. Washington's not so far from Toronto. We should just, like, have a snowy drive someday. Yeah, yeah, when, the, when we're allowed to enter your country. That's true. That's true. We are not, yeah. and nor are you. Yeah, I, was saying, I can't come visit you. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, we can't. We Nobody can't go can. over there, right? So nope. it is. They're they're blocking us in from coming in. Yeah, because you're like infested. Yeah, I know. And and we're and we're not even naked about it. Yeah, you're you're not even naked. Imagine if you were naked; they'd never <laughs> let you in. All right, so we have had quite the uh, I guess the background of relatedness of humor and love and raking the ice. So let's talk about who you are, and uh-huh. uh, we like to start with. What, where were you born? What was your childhood like? And how did it actually create who you are today? I was born to an immigrant family, to the bosom, to the hairy bosom of a Turkish immigrant family uh, 51 years ago in Montreal, which is colder and has more snow. And my poor elderly parents are stuck in a worse snowstorm than this. And normally they'd be vacationing every year for six months. And they got stuck last year for eight months. They, they wouldn't allow them to come back home from the Mediterranean. Okay. Anyway, so that's how it started. That is something. So what happened in your childhood that caused you to be who you are now? Um, I, I think it was before my childhood. I think it was from birth. Yeah. I really, it's, it's unexplainable, really, because I was making the dough, you know, make, like working for the man. And I always was too... Um, I used to criticize my bosses. I used to like disagree with two bosses up. I always thought I was smarter. I always had a real issue with like doing stuff that they told me to do if I didn't agree with it. So I was just not a corporate, they used to call it a team player. So I never, I always thought they were dumb. Mm -hmm. I mean, not to say that I'm really smart, but some of the people I worked with were smart, but others were just, you know, doing their thing. So I was just really frustrated and I became, I had a coach and then I I saw what this coaching thing is and I went and certified and got a coaching degree and then started my own business while I was still working. And then I had, you know, people at lunch that I worked with on the phone and people after work 
and I took all my vacation time to do like retreats and to do education. It was kind of brutal, but mm-hmm. uh, when I left, um, I was able to like quadruple my income. So what so started me like, yeah, they were, <laughs> but uh, and, yeah, but you know. to be fair, they're, they were complacent and they didn't want to be challenged and you can be super intelligent and not want yeah, to make yeah. a difference. I mean, some of them were dumb, but it's, it wasn't about, yeah, you're right. It's not about intelligence. It was about conditioning. And right. I broke the conditioning that my parents, so my mom's a lawyer, my dad's an engineer, and they come from a very poor country uh, that's still a developing country, but they were educated. Hungry? But No, it's Turkey. Okay. Close, close yeah. to Hungary, right? Yeah. yeah. But, it, but it was, they were still, they still taught us all of the values of save, don't spend money when you don't have it, don't ride your credit cards, don't borrow from anyone, sales is bad, salespeople are distrustful, all of those things that like inhibited me so badly when I launched my business, I was starving. And then I paid enormous amounts of money to um, coaches to help me change my mindset around money and charging. And that did it. That really did it. But okay. it's like a recovering alcoholic. Like you're always scared. Well, that's weird that they would say that. It sounds kind of hypocritical because I've been a turkey and, you know, buying Turkish rugs, they're the most honest people. <laughs> and they give, you, they give you the best deals and you know they're the real deal. I mean, they're, they're not even making money. <laughs> there was a guy oh my god it's so so sad there was a canadian we met my mom and i and he had started backpacking from turkey and they they fooled him into they gave him tea and whatever they fooled him into buying this carpet with all of his money that he was going to go backpacking with so the, <laughs> they gave him the carpet on his back so he 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 had no money and a carpet so that was his last stop so he had to leave like that was his last destination, all his dreams of everything. And it was so funny that you tell me that story. <laughs> Yet they was saved that his you? life. Was that <laughs> you? Did that happen to you? I was the carpet guy. And it, I remember it like it was just about It's a crazy ago. story. <laughs> yeah, that is very beautiful. Man, I'm a little choked I up now. I think she's drinking a little bit of mud there. <laughs> you guys, this is protein. It's so disgusting. Is but it? I have to do it. I have to do it. Why? I'm trying to lose uh, fat, mm-hmm. like not muscle, like I'm training. So I'm mm-hmm. trying to like train the muscle, but anyway, <clears throat> you, I just don't have enough protein in my system. You know, uh, really some, people, some people are kind of ostentatious about, you know, that they got a lot of money and sometimes that honestly turns me off a little bit, but with you seeing that you have $7 behind you, I'm like, wow, you know, she really does <laughs> <Yeah>. have. <laughs> <laughs> this, was cool. a, this was a good luck omen. Uh, when I lost everything at the beginning of COVID and Andrea knows the story, but you guys, you know, who doesn't know the story. Yeah. yeah, You guys. (laughs) Well, and Aaron and Aaron gets pissed when he can't hear the story. Poor Aaron. (laughs) Yeah. No. So this was like, it was to bring it all back and it worked because I lost it it all. I lost it all. I was, I was not allowed to come into your country. And that's not my fault. And I feel like you're blaming me. Either way. I am kind of a little, yes, you got me there. But I was not allowed to work. I mean, you know, that's how I made my living is I'd speak at conferences. I'd mm-hmm. convert business in the conference and no more conferences, no more travel. So I was like in the fetal position last year this time. Just, well, yeah, it, it had just started to come. Yeah. So, yeah. And I had to reinvent it all this year. And I put this up and it worked. So this is very relevant. Do, do share. Go deep with this so conversation. I figured out how to, I, I hired, because I had done the mindset work, 
I had no money and no prospects can and you, no oh, wait, funnels. Can you imagine had I called you a year ago this time and said, hey, listen, we'd like to hear, we saw all this stuff on your bio, we'd like to hear how great you're doing and you're in the, in the fetal position as you were talking during the show. Wouldn't yeah. that be crazy? It, it, it was hard. It was hard. Yeah, but, and I, I, I was, I went silent. So I wasn't really doing much around that time. I was trying to refigure yeah, everything out, just out. like everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Did, were you affected? Only uh, lost 300 of my events out of uh, 301. So, oh, I, I, so I still had one, I still had one event left and I was like, well, who am I to complain? I got one event left. That's good. That's the, the right way to look at it. Did you, um, lose like did you make it back up did you lose all all the income um i was able to pivot fortunately i had uh the publishing side of my my purpose-driven life that uh it didn't flourish but it, it allowed people to say you know what i finally got time on my hands let me go ahead and do a book with you or yeah that's and a so great... it, it turned into within a month or two at least an avenue which i think i would have lost everything if i hadn't had that as a, as a well choice. yeah being a celebrity event photographer i mean like i would get him all yeah. these events and he would go yeah. and do all these red carpets and then now there's no uh, now there's only virtual events and you know him <clears> taking a picture of the screenshot yeah. wasn't, wasn't really producing what we wanted and Chala, <laughs> let me tell you that uh the celebrity event photographer when all the events were gone, I asked the celebrities, would they please just fly out to my house so I can at least photograph them here? And the problem was I didn't even know their numbers or their email addresses. So I, I was like saying it like- Because they would have. Like well, to a wall or something. Yeah. And nothing was really channeling and getting to them. And then it was funny, the photography part, the part I enjoyed the most was some people said to me, you know what? You could pivot and be a virtual photographer on Zoom. And I was like, wow, that's gonna be quite the job, having my camera and taking pictures of my screen. Is that yeah, possible? It is for no money. And it is if you wanna be a fool. Okay, you, like, so it's <laughs> possible. We can just do a control F4 and then- Yeah, 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 wow. I was like, is that even possible? Well, what about paparazzi? Were you a paparazzi? Oh, Ken's on mute now. Oh. Well, my son is bouncing rubber balls behind me, and I'm like, um, hey, you know what? We can play a new game after this show, and it will not have anything to do with rubber balls. So I hope he, hope he stops you bouncing sh- the rubber balls. You should let him in. Well, if I do, then it will be like a an engineer show. just came in the shop. Oh, really? That yeah. could be interesting. <laughs> that could be really interesting. It could well, I, I want us to talk a little more about, let's say you're re- repositioning your success before we bring in the crazy engineer. Okay. Well, so the way that I found the money after COVID, here's the, are you guys listening? I, are oh, you guys oh, listening? Oh. Okay. So I learned how to make money from LinkedIn, basically. Mm-hmm. I learned <clears throat> how to do what's called social selling. And I learned how to get clients. And my, my um, clients are $30,000. They pay $30,000 for six months to work with me. Like, I don't have anything else. So that caliber of CEOs of, you know, million-dollar companies, I was reaching them. And then I have a team now in Kenya, of all places, who's brilliant and is brilliant at, at communicating with them and then getting them onto these types of Zoom calls and then converting them. And I'm converting them, but they're getting them on the calls. So it's been, it's great because I could never potentially, like I, my 11-year-old is uh, on the spectrum. So I could never, and I'm a single mom, so I could never really double. I did 14 conferences in 2019 in 12 months. 
Mm-hmm. If you were to say, Chala, go and do like twice as much, I couldn't. So my income was always tapped, right? Like, so now it's not because there's over a billion people on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. There's just no end to prospecting on LinkedIn. You could do it all day. Okay, well, take us back to that beginning step. So you're in the fetal position. You just had yeah. some protein and you finished the Zumba and you're starving. <laughs> and you're like, where's my next yeah. protein coming from? So exactly. what, what caused you? To, well, what caused you to think? Uh, LinkedIn, and then can you tell me exactly what the process was that caused you to create it? So the first thing that I did, I knew being a savvy business person that it has to be online, right? Mm-hmm. It has to be online because even the first thing that the airlines did, do you remember what they did as soon as COVID hit? They took seats out to to make it into cargo planes because people were still ordering online. In fact, online orders went through the roof. Mm-hmm. And if, so I knew that the future is online. So I started looking at online funnels and then I tried the Russell Brunson click funnels. Didn't really do it for me. I tried the, you know, the webinars. I tried like an, any number of things. They didn't really work for me. But the, the key is I hired high, high level expensive coaches with no money. I had no money, but mm-hmm. I did that. And I hired a podcasting agent because I knew that the new stage is podcasts. So I hired them to find the highest quality audience podcasts in North America to get me on. There you go. Exactly. And you're going to be in it. All right. Naked. So, so that's really naked. Cool. Yeah. And, and so that, that's, that's what I did. I paid my brains out for, with money I didn't have. But I had gotten over the immigrant fear because of all the money I had spent before. Mm-hmm. And so I had changed my mindset. And I was very comfortable, a little bit, you know, scared, but still comfortable enough to say, this is going to come back. And well, if you weren't a little scared, you'd be a fool. Exactly. Because I had no proof, right, that it was going to work. But I, I had enough going that I, momentum that I did it. So the expensive coaches, um, that's an interesting one because of course they're worth their money before the pandemic, but during the pandemic, they had to shift to what made them such a, a viable. So I hired an online funnel uh, coach. See, see how you are? Yeah, yeah, Do you understand yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's, no, no, it's not any coach, right? You have right. to find uh, always <clears> the expert coaches. Find, well, for, find what you're missing and then find the best in what you're missing. Don't mm-hmm. dilly dally with group programs or whatever, you know, depending on the level you're at. But the level that I was at, I was making like close to half a million, half a million by myself with half a VA and, mm-hmm. you know, sitting in my living room and just flying out once or twice a month. Right. And that was gone. So I needed to recreate that. Um, yeah, because I'm a single mom with an autistic 11 year old. Right. I, ha- I have certain obligations. He has therapists. He has a special school. He has this. He has that. Uh, luckily, he's very high functioning. But. Um, yeah, I need I need to to support him, and I can't go back. I can't go well, back to a job. So let's go to that second part where you found LinkedIn. So it wasn't like it was immediate. Was it like a week, four weeks, eight, eight weeks? You finally got the coach, and then you got the three months of me like mainlining mm-hmm. what the coach was. Um, you know, the training I learned. I, you know, I was working out to learning. I was walking to learning. I was. I woke up and I would me- meditate to like normally I would meditate, but this I was now listening to lessons. Mm-hmm. So I was listening to social selling lessons and positioning lessons and how how to do LinkedIn lessons. And I was just like pure immersed into uh, yeah 
it was just, it was a lot. It was crazy, but it was like, you know, when you get into a growth mode, mm-hmm. you're just like so purely focused on it. And that's what, well, that's what happened. And luckily it's come back. Well, obviously you could see the logic of what you were being advised to do. I'm guessing there was a formula. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 There was a formula and I, I'm not going to lie. Not all of it worked, but the part that did brought me back. Okay. Well, um, so on LinkedIn, tell us how you played and tell us what formula didn't work or what did as you wish. So the part that works is we reach out to our prospects, which are multi-million dollar CEOs, and we connect with them with something in common. And my team is really good at looking at the person's content and profile and saying something relevant to them and customizing the, the message that's mm-hmm. outgoing and then connecting with them and creating a relationship and for my clients now, I do this where I write a script. It's called a DM tree. So it's a direct message script where if they say this, you say this. If they say this, you say this. Then you say this. Then you say this. It's like a, it's called a tree. It's a mm-hmm. DM tree. And it's that's like a bot, what. Except it's human. Exactly. And then they have to use their judgment on what to say, when to say. And um, so she's like her team, uh, Marianne's team is just brilliant at doing this. And I'm training them at the same time. I just wrote a blog saying you should never delegate sales until you have a mastery of it yourself. So I needed to have a mastery of this social selling to a to a level myself so that I can teach them. And then they still text me every day. Like, what do I respond to this? So I'll go right in and I'll leave a voicemail for that person or I'll, I'll leave a, a DM script for them. What's really cool about that is you don't have to have an instantaneous response. You have to yeah. have, it's, it's like chess, except you have probably yeah. less than 24 yeah. hours. Yeah, exactly. There is. Yeah. <clears throat> now, do you do some of that yourself? You sound like, you know, a little bit. We have, yeah. uh, bec- because we want to get 500 authors into this dose of hope, these, uh, these big, big page books, and we want the likes of, you know, you, Malcolm Gladwell, um, oh, Russell Brunson, yeah, Sir that. Richard Branson, <clears throat> all yeah. those people need to hear that there's a reason, there's a value, not just money, but there's, it's going to make a difference because there, there's time is valuable. Right. And I've been reaching out to them to get them on Ken's show because I'm his executive producer. So I'm always looking. Um, it's through LinkedIn that I had our guest last week, Naveen Jain, who wrote Moonshots. And mm. um, and that's why I formed a relationship with him on LinkedIn. And then I happened to see him speak at a virtual event mm. and then said, hey, you know, I've mentioned before I had some radio shows I'd really love for Ken to be able to interview you. Ken's a great host. And can we create this? And he wrote back, sure, let's do it. So. He, he, that's a good book to read, by the way, and it's all about. I've really, written it down. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a read. I read it four hours before the show. I was like, wow. Normally, yeah, normally an hour um, before the show, and not before the show, but an hour that morning. <clears throat> I just cook with the book, and I say, okay, these are great topic points. I'm, I'm good to go. But I just love this book. It's so awesome. So I'm going to shoot for the moon now. Good. Here. As you yeah. should. <laughs> All right, so we're going to be going to break right now, like in 10 seconds. So, Andrea, I know that you want to give a little shout out to a couple of our sponsors before we take off. I do. So, thanks to our featured sponsor, Bees.Social, the cryptocurrency education platform, teaching you financial literacy for the cryptocurrency world. We want to thank the Umbrella Syndicate, the Red Carpet Connection, publishing and publicity and talent agency, my makeup lady, Lynn, the EMF Voice America Influencers Channel, Perfect Publishing, and Big Events USA, and Chala Dinkoy, The Repositioner. And we'll be back after these messages. Yes, we will. 
Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at UmbrellaSyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. Well, well, well. Can you believe it? We're back after that first segment. So, Chalo, you were in the middle of sharing some really cool aspects of um, the deep dives, the DMs, the languaging, the sales tactics, protocol, strategy, all that good stuff. And I only want to know more details because that really is the difference is if you get the theoretical of you should do this and you kind of need, you know, that doesn't give you specifics. So I am completely interested. And I think you need to have a book young lady about how people like uh, us over here with a nonprofit that are looking for ways to make sure their pitch is really tight. They can grab a, like, I mean, I'm telling you, we are here to help you as a thank you to write a book this good because that obviously is a great way to market your message, but also onboard clients and really help the world be better. So can you take a deeper dive in mm-hmm. how it looked at the beginning and what it shifted over that period of time? I'm very, very interested in what the uh, specifics, the details were. Yeah. So please. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you the whole formula. And by the way, I've got, I've written four books. So uh, I I totally believe, I mean, it's the way that I do TV appearances. They're really, I mean, you guys know in Mm -hmm. the TV world, especially Andrea, um, they care about recent books. They care about new books. So every time I do books on this, there's so much about your son and I know about the books. So people can order them on Amazon. Yeah, but my son's more interesting. Okay, well, then we'll order your son on Amazon, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have. I've, I've thought about putting him on. Yeah. Cool. But, uh, okay, so here's the formula. Here's how you get people's attention, whether you're doing it in LinkedIn DMs or uh, on Zoom networking or one day in person. And I don't know if, Washington, you started you've started in-person meetings yet, but... They haven't, they, everything's still on lockdown here. Um, so here's the, the formula is we use something called a hook that's based on something called a super niche. A super niche is a very specific target and they're a very specific pain point that you help with. So the formula for um, hooking somebody's interest is naming their industry or interest group, whatever they're in, and then 
talking about their most expensive and painful problem that you can solve. So an example is um, when an IT company came to me and said, you know, we need more sales, what we did is we super niched them into helping healthcare call centers reduce call wait times because that was a huge need that that was not being answered. And the IT company didn't have to hire anyone. They didn't have to buy anything. They could already do it. Mm-hmm. All we did is we found this gap in the market and then we that, that was the super niche. And it was the, the who was the healthcare and the what was reducing call wait times at their call centers. And they we sub-branded a brand called On Hold Rescue with uh, a picture of a guy like you, well, a woman with uh, the call center lady. And then on the logo was the Red Cross of the healthcare. So the On Hold Rescue sold 800 and they sold $805,000 of that new service within two months of finding that. And the way we find that is I don't sit there and tell you what that should be. The market tells us what the super niche should be. I've mm-hmm. created a two to four week process where we figure that out in the market. And they tell us, yeah, well, our call centers, the people are dying waiting on the phone. We need to figure this out. And then that's what becomes your super niche. Does that make sense? It does. Can you, uh, in that specific example, how, how much does it cost to create that solution? Uh, $30,000 for six months. That's it. Yeah. And if you'd like, Ken, she'll do it for you right now for your pitch for the Keep Smiling movement. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah. So what I do is on on my podcast, one of my podcasts, I've got three podcasts, one one of the podcasts, we take a stab at it. We don't do the actual market research. Obviously, it's five minutes. Obliviously. Obliviously. We do it obliviously. And we just throw spaghetti at the wall kind of thing, which is how most businesses actually run. But we're, you know, with the caveat that, you know, don't try this at home kind of thing. Um, we're going to, we'll take a stab at it. So tell me what you tell potential prospects who could help you or who could buy from you uh, your elevator pitch. And then I'll ask for your permission to polish it and we'll go from there. I can't wait for your, you to ask the permission to polish it. Just so you know, that's going to be. Because you say, say no. I'm going to say no. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> and then that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We've never had that happen. That would be funny. But I want to have it happen so that you can say there was this one time yeah, that just yeah. happened. And it was, but I want you to actually use my name. I want you to say it was Ken Roshan, and he is the co-founder of the Keep Smiling Movement. He was the one person that did not allow it. And then it causes so much traffic to our website now because yeah. it becomes yeah. your story. <laughs> and that was the end. That was the end. Because <laughs> everybody else said no after that. So who I'd like to talk to before I tell you yes. what the pitch is, is uh-huh. I, like, I like to talk to people who are in stages that may not have a book or that have a book that aren't, is not moving. Those are really sweet spots for me because I believe in legacy and I believe in repositioning. And I believe that books help us market people better and make them bigger and better experts or more viable experts. <clears throat> okay. So, so I would love it if you could pick an industry or an interest group. So people only gather in large numbers in that way. So like mothers of autistic children, that's an interest. Women business owners, that's an interest. Yoga is an interest or an industry. Speakers, that's an industry. How about speakers, empowered women? Is that that deep enough? Uh, Well, empowered women don't. Uh, Speakers, okay, not. Yeah, speakers, they don't gather, yeah. So speakers, they do self-gather. There's the association, right? Okay. Okay, so that's your target. Okay. okay, what's the most expensive problem you help them with? 
well, getting on more stages is what they want typically. So what we talk about is, would you, you would be better off if you were able to have a book versus the other person who doesn't have a book and your book was doing really well and you're able to tie it into uh, your, your booking. For instance, if there's people at the event that everyone gets a book, they get to go home with material connected with you. So those are a couple of the, the benefits. But what we basically say is that what is your message and what problem is it solving and how are you leaving a legacy? How are you creating something beyond your talk on the stage? We can help you articulate that into a book and help you market that book to people that are hiring. So they look at you over other people. Okay. Uh, do I have your permission to polish? No. <laughs> you no, still have to say, no, okay, but I, even though I'm kidding, you still have to say there was one person who said no. I will. He, but he changed his mind. But Worry you not. The, but you have to say the full thing, like Ken Rashawn, the Worry not. Wrong. Okay, good job. No, right. no problem. Okay. Um, do speakers have a different problem now during COVID? Big time. Oh, yeah. This is, this okay. is pretty good. Yeah. <clears throat> right? Okay. So yes. what is the problem today? that they have that you can help with rather than getting booked on stages because there are no stages anymore. So <laughs> is, is it exactly. virtual stages or, you know, like what is the number one problem that they're, they're starving? They haven't been able to replace their income like me. Yeah. So I think the number one problem they have is what is their pivot point with their skill set that they speak on stage. And so there's still a market for that. And I look at the book as a great marketing tool to get them to that place. So they could, they could do courses with the book. They could, um, right. They could become coaches. They could monetize in all kinds mm -hmm. of other ways. The book I look at is an expensive business card. I mean, a business card's five yeah. cents to a dollar, and a book yeah. is a dollar to yeah. five dollars. So yeah, and I've <laughs> never sold any of my books. I've always yeah. used them to get people to hire me. Okay. So what I'd love is if we could. Oh, that's going to be a new one too. You're going to say I've never sold any book, but there's this one guy, Ken Rashan, co-founder. He bought my three books on Amazon, so I did make a little money. Nobody's ever done it. <laughs> But good, yeah, that'll be you. Okay, so what would it be like? And here's how I sharpen and polish the elevator pitches. We put some statistics behind us so people don't feel like losers, that everybody's mm -hmm. in the same boat, right? Sure. Um, what, what percentage of speakers? Permission to take my pin out. And yes, please do. Because I didn't do. want yeah. to, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so what percentage of speakers have lost their revenue? Or well, have lost at least 50%, have lost 90% of their revenue. I don't know. Let's make something up and I you can val validate would, it after. Yeah. So I would speculate it's 80%. I would speculate. Okay. That. So 80% of speakers have lost almost all of their income due to COVID. Speculation, what, yes. what I do, you, you'll, you'll verify mm -hmm. that, right? Valid. And what I do is I help them create a revenue stream through publishing a book which then they can base, which then they can monetize through courses and training and okay. book sales. What do you think? Is that a good polish? Is it that is a good a, pitch? That is a good pitch, yes. Okay, perfect. You've been polished. I have, and I feel better. And there you go. So normally, I mean we would go out into the market, we would do research with speakers. First of all, we would research other um, industries as well, maybe not just speakers, but other industries, like uh, ones that are doing well. So it could be, you know, like, I don't know, dentists or, you know, healthcare, or uh, it could be um, any other industry like IT, or it could be frontline workers. 
whatever, you know, whatever the vertical is, we would then look at what is their number one problem that you can help solve. Travel's a really hard hit one, right? Or hospitality. Like maybe you could become the um, the solution for, for all those people who can't pivot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's multiple ways of looking at it. So then we would look at all the different verticals and then we would look at which one has the most expensive problem and then which one is most likely to want to have your solution. And then we would make the decision of, okay, here's who we're going to target and here's how we're going to target them. Here's what we're going to say to them. And then here's how we're going to make a funnel, a rinse and repeatable funnel until things change with COVID. So that's right, so let's, what. So let's target, um, I guess, the, the, the moonshot. <clears throat> okay. Sir Richard Branson. Okay. Uh-huh. Or Russell Brunson. They obviously do not need more money and their mm-hmm. time is pretty, it's commanded and uh-huh. they, they pivoted. They don't have problems that I could probably solve. What is the, uh, <clears throat> what is the vehicle that gets their attention to do a book where they're, they're potentially going to have 10 million people read it that they had hope and that they create hope in the world and that they are, they're just really good people. But why take a couple hours out of their life to write that? So when there's no pain, there's no sale. Okay. And the, the pain isn't always about money. Right. It could, it could, and so you would have to find enough pain with a, 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 whoever you're targeting. And if that pain is that they're really worried about leaving the legacy or they're really worried about, um, like when I used to work for Big Pens, we really worried about the landfill uh, perspective. So we did a lot on environmental stuff. So maybe whatever it is their biggest concern is, you have to have that as the solution to their biggest concern. And you, you can't know that until you research them. So they, those are two totally different people. They may be at the top mm-hmm. of their echelon, but one is obviously a lot older than the other. Yeah. Russell Brunson is not maybe in the legacy mindset or purpose-driven mindset, uh, whereas uh, Sir Richard Branson seems to be quite a bit there. Um, yeah. So you can't sell something if there isn't a need for it, if there isn't pain. And, and right. the need is because 70% of humans purchase based on problems. So mm-hmm. If it's a problem that Richard Branson hasn't been able to leave a legacy worth his salt or, you know, of whatever he was thinking, then you can approach him and say, this is a way to leave a legacy. Um, you know, uh, this is, it's funny that we bring up Sir Richard Manson because I was not, I was not thinking this was going to be a segue, but it really is. This book right here that we pointed out a couple times. Yeah. You see who wrote the Ford. Yeah. So <clears throat> it's interesting, but Naveen Jane was, I guess, getting some commentary from either uh, Sir Richard Branson via LinkedIn or Twitter or something. And it was, it was I think of a direct message. And he said, um, love your book. It's amazing. And Naveen says, would you write that in the forward? And he says, that's awesome. Because I guess Sir Richard Branson's more notably said, this is the best book for entrepreneurs. And he goes, would you write wow. a forward stating that? And he certainly did. So mm. That's awesome. I'd love that. Yeah. Well, we're going to steer him over to you as a thank you. And by the way, um, when I made that last comment, you didn't ask permission to polish and I was going to, I was going to let you that time, just so you know. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, of your uh, books that you do over on Amazon, you have the same mindset that I do. You give them away so you can get conversations going and you, so that does prove the point though, that they 
can be very effective. Uh, and they show not only that oh, you're yeah. knowledgeable, but what your, your state of abundance is. Yes. And also, um, I always link my clients' books to their super niche, and it does so much better because when you have a super niche, people are going to Google you around that super niche. And if you don't have content around that super niche, you're not going to have credibility around the super niche. And so you won't really stand out. Well, I have uh, really enjoyed our conversation. It's not to say that I'm not going to say another thing during the show, but since Andrea does have a background with you and you have done, you both have done a lot of Zumba over the years, I'd like her to be able to ask you a question or two. Zoom and Zumba. <laughs> Zoom. That is the ba. <laughs> well, you know, Chala, what I would love you to uh, share is, you know, why you came up with a gentle marketer, what you were noticing and experiencing before with marketing and sales that made you just like, yeah, and want to yeah. change how people sell. I have a uh, presentation called Trust Marketing, and um, this is for those of you who are like online dating, which I was. Um, marketing, marketers, selling and marketing is one of the least trusted professions in the world. It's like the lowest, I think it's just one above politicians. And the reason, and, and there are so many statistics around how many people are turning off their, uh, you know, advertising, how many people are just like, um, actively avoiding it, paying more to avoid That's advertising, right? right? Yep. So it's just such a, a, a topic of mistrust. And, and it's with people who need to actually sell, right? People, my clients who have to sell, they have an amazing service or product. They are like gifted at what they do. And yet they have this mindset of, oh my God, I'm so salesy. Chala, I can't do what you're telling me. It's going to look too salesy. It's, I don't want to be intrusive. So when all of that comes up, um, what I tell them is when you're in front of a person in need and you're telling them that you have a solution, that's gentle. That's gentle. And all you do is you give that. And in my training, I never ask for the sale. And if you ever are in a sales conversation with me, I will never ask you for the sale because all I ever do is we co-create the solution together. And then you tell me if this is a fit for you or not. And then you ask me what the next steps are. I never, I never, never, ever say, so are you going to buy now? Yeah. And you know, if you look at marketing, the reason it's so distrusted is the very best are guns for hire and they are the best at marketing. And if they only attach the best of marketing to the best of what could be sold, there would be mm. truth. And that is the issue. You have brilliant services and products that have horrible marketing and you have horrible mm. services and, and products that need marketing and would never make it if it wasn't for the marketing. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and it, and it, when there is a brilliant product or service and because of this distrust, they are, are so reluctant for the visibility. They're so reluctant to talk about it. They're so reluctant to, to art, actually market it and, they're even reluctant to reach out and do outreach to their prospects who desperately need them. That's a heartbreak for me. And, and that comes from conditioning. Well, I know I'm not wearing my shirt that only exposes my shoulders right now, but I'd like to have a naked conversation with you. You ready? Sure, go ahead. You made a mistake you want to talk about? Yeah, no, I didn't. Um, well, I sure would like it if you asked me if I had, you had permission for me to polish. Oh, yes, please do. No, I don't have anything there, but I do have, Damn it. A, so I do have a question for you about um, what problem is 
what is your pain point right now? Who, who would be the marketer or salesperson that could solve a problem for you right now? For me, I'm still looking to expand my social selling team. Okay. And, uh, so it's a scalability price, issue. Yeah, but, and, and, but, but at a price, right? Because I'm still, I'm still growing back to the levels that I was at. And I found that from the Philippines, uh, there was like a lack of quality and extremely high price. Bangladesh was a real lack of quality. The U.S. was disproportionately high versus service was not mm-hmm. there. Uh, and Kenya, for whatever reason, it seemed to be the jackpot for me. And again, we're, but we're having trouble expanding that. So that's where my focus is right now because we've got the message. We've got the funnel. We just need volume. Yeah, and, and it depends what your, uh, I guess, your service provider is actually solving. For instance, Fiverr thrives in those countries that you said were not yeah. working for you because yeah, those yeah. are creation type and, they not, and the deadlines are not necessarily hard, but they can be moved yeah. a little bit. Whereas this yeah. is, I think this is intellectual property that you're talking about. It's language skills a lot. Yeah. yeah. Very, very high language skills. So in this one tribe in Kenya, for whatever reason, apparently they have a really high level of knowledge of English and grammar. And I've lucked into it and mm-hmm. she's been brilliant at finding other people in that tribe. Well, basically it was probably some speaker that uh, migrated here, got the college education, went back there and really helped her tribe, so to speak. Become, I don't know uh, how it works. No, but that's actually a really viable. <laughs> really? I, I know, I know okay. speakers in the, in the DC area and that's, and when you hear where they're from and you hear what they're doing in the world, it, it's very evident that their command of language and specifically English allows them to go anywhere they want with their, with their conversation. That's the really? point. Yeah. Have you met anyone from like Well, specifically Africa? Kenya, I have, yes. Really? Oh, you have, really? Yeah, the last couple of weekends, we've had people here from Nigeria and um, uh, all, the, all the other countries just went out of my head. The but, Rwanda, um, yeah. You, Ghana, you Rwanda, you know, all of yeah. them. And they all are very eloquent speakers and very highly educated. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we got some uh, fun rapid fire to hit you with. All right, I'm ready for you. Well, you know, you could have said, I'm not doing it, and you would have been the first person. To ah, say. <laughs> missed out. Missed out. All right. So um, your, your books that you have that are not here, are any of them relevant to what is happening now? No, it's about um, how to get people to like you, how to get people to, uh, you know, interact with you. So more of make, a pre-COVID, post-COVID. Friends. Well, I mean, it's it's relevant every everywhere, but it's really about how to make people like you in seven seconds or less. One one book is called. The other one's about how to make friends, like Apple makes, uh, how Apple gets customers. Okay. So and what, so, what book changed yeah. your life? My the book that cha- well the the book that changed my life was anything by um, Doctor uh, Wayne Dyer. He's like a Hay House author, inspirational. Mm-hmm. Of course. And he like you know years and years of therapy or nothing on this guy like. It was great. Awesome. Andrea? I want to know the song that you play when you want to get jazzed up and get motivated. It's really, it's, it's my sister threw the cassette tape. That's how old I am. Out the window. She was so sick of it. It was my favorite things. Julie Andrews, like that sound of music. Yes. I, I used to listen to it. My favorite things. Yeah. Okay. She threw it out the window. She was so Damn. sick of it. Damn. Did we ever recover it? So no, it was gone. <laughs> it was gone. It's <laughs> like okay. the spool came out, you know? <laughs> 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 All 
That is sad. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> um, so what movie uh, inspires you? This is such a dark one. It's, I mean, it's dark, like dark. Nobody knows about it. It was uh, Robin Williams did a movie. It's called What Dreams May Come. Oh, my he God. He dies. And, oh, my God. And then his wife commits suicide. And he has to save her from hell. I know. Oh, that my is, God. That is, that is a wacky doodle. Crazy. Yeah, yeah that, was a, that was a hard one. To, to, that, that is my, one of my favorites. Yeah. It, it, that, that director and whoever wrote it, wow. Yeah. Off the chain, right? Andrea? Um, when you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? I used to charge interest to my sister. So, and I used to write it into this little book. So I know I wanted to be an entrepreneur of some sort, for sure. It was a close second to being a singer. Who's someone you would like to meet? He's dead. That's okay. Uh, Dr. We, we Wayne have, Dyer. No, we have the power. We- okay, good. I, 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 it was my dream to speak power. on a stage. It was my dream to speak on a stage with him. And now I like Dr. Joe Dispenza. He's a neuroscientist. So I, I'd like to be one of his trainers, I think. I don't know if I can pull it off, but you can I'm do into it. his work. Thanks. We, I know you can. <laughs> Andrea? Um, as far as like board games and so forth. Oh, we got one minute, just like so you know. Let me, Ooh, we got, we got question I'm going to ask my final question real quick. What is, what's a quote you live by? Oh, I like, oh, there's so many. The shorter it takes to describe what you do, the more money you make. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Andrea, oh, first of all, thank you so much for being on the show. You have been amplified. Can't read, read your new book, and I can't wait for you to be it included in this dose of hope book because i think you bring hope to the world this has been a very refreshing conversation to have someone be so naked about how the (laughs) pandemic knocked them on their butt they had seven bucks and created all this so congratulations and thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing the truth thank you for having me and for being polished and for being naked (laughs) i'm I'm waiting to see you in your towel on my show you got it you got it And we want to thank our sponsors. That's a featured sponsor is bees.social, insider educational information on crypto technology. Enough is enough for the people by the people. The Umbrella Syndicate, the Red Carpet Connection, the EMF Fix, My Makeup Lady Lynn, Voice America Influencers Channel, Perfect Publishing, Big Events USA, and Chala Dinkoy the repositioner www.repositioner.com and don't forget please always remember the keepsmilingmovement.com we thrive and exist on your donations to help people with their mental and dental health a 5013c nonprofit this is Ken Rashan with Umbrella Syndicate and Voice America Influencer Channel look forward to another great week of amplifying hope and prosperity have a great week We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashad again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard.